Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to another episode of Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here. We get to finally talk about a win. The, the Vikings are back in the win column. Before we get into talking about the game, Kyle, how are you doing? I think it's always, um, you know, I, I always, no, no one's here to listen to how I feel. Everyone's here to listen to with the Vikings, the few of you that are out there. And so I always feel compelled to answer this question based off how the Vikings did. And so what I'll say is that it's easier to get to sleep at night when the Vikings win. Um, I don't know if you feel that way about the Leafs or even the Vikings, but is that your experience? I am. I feel better about not having to talk about a loss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I know I had like a basketball coach when I grew up and he said like winning's fine, but losing sucks. And yeah. I don't really yeah. love the whole fear of failure mindset, but I certainly watching that game yesterday, I was like, okay, like good. This team, this team has the ability the team, this team can do it. And, and yeah. so I think there's a few noteworthy things that happened yesterday and we obviously can't touch them all, but I think we actually talked about it a little bit yesterday. And I think that we saw just in terms of, I think a lot of people have been asking for Kubiak to, to change some of the, way the ball was distributed um, mm-hmm. and, and we saw that Jefferson had a monster game. So you now he had 11 targets, n- completed nine catches for 143 yards. Um, where was that kind of production for the past few weeks? But that was basically what all of us were asking ourselves, right? Because two weeks, the, the previous two weeks, so coming out of the bye, which makes it even less forgivable because, you know, it's just, you think with the bye, you have a chance to rest, strategize more, get healthy, and you know really try to lean into your team's strengths and identity. Uh, but unfortunately, it seems like it seems like the team still wants to lean into that uh, run-first mentality, as if Dalvin Cook is still the offense's best player. But I think, and this is a credit to Sam. You know, we message back and forth through the games usually, and he messaged at one point saying, you know, Justin Jefferson is the best player in this team, right? And I would, I, I think I responded something like, I would argue with you if, if Hunter was still here, but right now, yeah, for sure. And so at the, at the very least, forget about Daniel Hunter, unfortunately, but at the very least, Justin Jefferson is the best player in offense, at the very least. And maybe, maybe the best player in the team as a whole. Some people might quibble and say Eric Hendricks or Daniel Hunter when he's healthy or whatever the case may be. But without question, I think you got to say Justin Jefferson is the best player on the offense. And so smart teams lean into their strengths. There's no such team. There's no such thing as a team with no weaknesses, right? And so you always try to minimize your weaknesses and magnify your strengths. That's just basic strategy for basically any part of sports, right? That's not just football. And so it was unfortunate to see Jefferson kind of feel like a bit of an afterthought at times in these past several weeks. We're here. It's 11 targets, nine catches, and 143 yards. And several of those plays were explosive big plays. I mean, we have a quarterback who is just supremely accurate in the intermediate part of the field. And then you have Justin Jefferson, who's really long and shifty and elusive. And at times, just feels totally unguardable on those intermediate crossing routes. Please just marry those two things, is, is what a lot of us were saying, right? And finally, yesterday, they did that. And of course, good things happened. And so, I mean, to my mind, there's still so much more this offense can do, but it, 
it must have felt like a breath of fresh air. I know it did for me, but for you as well, to see Jefferson so heavily involved, really from start to finish, right? Yeah, no, it's just, it, this is, you need to be able to utilize your best players. And I, like I do, I understand Dalvin Cook is a very good player. Um, like you need, the thing about a, a great receiver is like, you need a quarterback can, that can throw them the ball. Uh, if you don't have a quarterback that can throw Justin Jefferson the ball, then you're messed. Um, but I actually said it after last week um, at one point, but reiterated yesterday, just I do think that Justin Jefferson is the best player on this team. And I think that getting him the ball is so important. And, and the amount of times, I think part of that highlights it is the amount of times that he seems to make those catches on the third downs. And I don't know, I'm sure that there's some one that can break down stats somewhere in terms of where like the just distribution of where a receiver makes the catches and the amount of catches Mm -hmm. that ends up resulting in a first down. Um, But he just, well, I'll I'll tell you this there. Yeah. Uh, PFF and their game recap, seven of his nine receptions went for first downs. Right. So there, there you have it. Right. And I, I feel like if you look at it, even over the, the course of the season, that a majority of them would, and I would be really interested to see what the breakdown is of catches that he makes in third and long situations or, or right. even just third down um, because it just feels like when they need that third down completion, Jefferson is the guy to go to. And it does feel very close to automatic at this point. I mean, his release off the line of scrimmage is just ferocious, right? So if you try and press this dude, you're probably going to whiff. And then that corner is probably going to be, behind right from the very beginning and then even if you double team her if you you know bring the safety over to his side of the fields man it's difficult to cover that guy because he's used up his route so well and i know um courtney cronin uh she tweeted out uh this is zimmer in the press conference asked about the effort to get jefferson the ball and she said this she's or so she's uh quoting zimmer and this is what zimmer had to say so i did talk to justin this week and i told him we were going to get him the ball I told him, you have to do something for me, and that's come out here and practice real hard, do the things you're supposed to do, and study and be precise in your routes, and we're going to get you the ball. So Zim is an old-fashioned guy. Obviously, he wants uh, the dudes to come out, play hard, do things the right way, according to you know his definition of the right way, et cetera, et cetera. And so Jefferson apparently did that. The offense you know, and, and Zimmer, they fulfill basically their end of things and actually prioritize this guy. Now, the only thing I'd say, and this isn't a negative on, on Jefferson necessarily or anything like that, because I think he was sensational. I just think there's so much more that the offense could do to still prioritize the other weapons. Uh, Thielen had a pretty good game. At the end of the day, it was still just five catches for 65 yards. K.J. Osborne didn't have any catches at all. So you still get the sense that there's still so much more that this offense can do, to my mind at least. And I'd like to see them even open it up even more and be more aggressive because man, like I know cousins has his faults, but he can really spin it. Like when you lean into his strengths, bootlegs, play action, that kind of thing, crossing routes, intermediate and short, he can really, really spin it and really put the the ball where he needs to. So I, I just like to see the Vikings don't stop here, but continue this trend, please is, is basically what I'm saying. Right. And I guess that was one of the questions just to wrap up this section that I wanted to ask you is because I, yeah. I look at that box score. And so I see 37 pass attempts. 
I see there's 25 completions. And as you break it down, you got Jefferson at nine, Thielen at five. I think you made a good point, like Osborne, who showed a lot of promise in the first several weeks, mm -hmm. has felt like he's been phased out of this offense a little bit, which is quite unfortunate because he is a real good player. Um, like you got when you think about the big three, you got Cook, you got Jefferson, you got Thielen, and you obviously want to get them the ball. Mm -hmm. and, and you look at like, Cook, I felt like having 24 rushes yesterday, I feel like that's a good number. Like you, you want that. Um, Jefferson, you got nine catches, that's great. Um, 11 targets, Thielen, seven targets. Like there's only so many ways that you can spread the ball around. Like how much more do you get unless you just have the ball for longer? Yeah. So it's on the one hand, it's how do you use the ball when you have it? Right. And it's what you're saying where you got 24, uh, I was going to say receptions, but that doesn't make any sense. 24 carries rather for Dalvin cook. Right. Which I think like the offense really wants to do that. And part of what I'm saying is that I think in the offense's mind, 24 to 27 carries kind of range for Dalvin cook is what they want to do. And where I'm kind of saying is, man, I'd rather see Dalvin cook around 16 to 18 carries even give a few more of those carries to Alexander Madison and then really divert more attention towards this receiving game. Right. And I think you actually could have more success and sustain drives for longer and potentially put up more points. If you started to shift a little more towards, you know, that, that trio of receivers that you have who are pretty darn good. Right. And so uh, I would advocate for a little less, a few less carries for cook and then just overall increasing that output from Cousins, right? Because you know, as you can see, a big receiving day for Jefferson doesn't preclude the possibility of making Cook a priority or making the run game a priority, right? Like, and 18 carries is a full day's work, right? You know what I mean? Like it's, and, and especially for a back who's so injury prone. And so I, I really, I understand that the Vikings, they have this whole team identity that they want to be true to, but you also need to be true to your talents, right? And, and the talent right now, the, the best talent they have is at receiver, right? And so I would, for me and my small little football brain, don't know nearly as much as any of these other coaches or anything like that. I would advocate for far more Jefferson and Thielen and Osborne and then build from there. Establish your balance by leaning into the pass game a little more. Right. Yeah. If your identity is actually holding you back from being the best version of yourself, then Precisely. that's the precisely yeah so i yeah I, I do i can i can see that i think obviously being up for the majority like having the lead for the majority of the game yesterday i'm okay with seeing a little bit more rushing but but really th this team as much as you maybe like felt nervous i know when i you there up by 10 you yeah. said you felt pretty uh a lack of confidence maybe is the, a very <laughs> kind way of saying it um yeah. this team felt good and I, I think that part of that was the defensive performance and like the, the Chargers have a good offense. Like Justin Herbert is a yeah. very good quarterback. Uh, they struggled at home yesterday. And so I guess this is always like the little bit of the chicken and the egg question of how much of them struggling do you give in terms of credit towards uh, this this defense and specifically maybe what, what Zim was able to do? Yeah, so it's – I, I want to give Zim a lot of credit, and I know that um, Chad Graff over in The Athletic wrote a nice column um about Zimmer's scheme and the defensive game plan and how those guys played out there. Like you gotta remember, no Patrick Peterson, 
that's your number one corner. No Anthony Barr. He is, I mean, I know he's your, your LB2 because Kendricks has really taken off. But Barr is so versatile. And so, and I mean, Zim always talks about how important he is to the scheme and what he allows them to do. But no Anthony Barr. No Harrison Smith. No Michael Pierce. No Dino Hunter. So you're losing, you've lost your, you're, you're starting nose tackle, arguably your, your number one D tackle, your number one edge rusher, your number one corner. The linebackers are supposed to make it all work. And your chess piece in Harrison Smith, who can basically do everything for you at any time. And so you go on the road against a good offense with all those five pieces missing and you put out that performance that you did. I mean, you got to feel pretty good about that, right? Yeah. Like I, I was going to ask quickly, like, are those not like, what would be fair with those all be top 10 pieces, top eight pieces. Like a lot of them are, are the, are the like Hunter bar Smith. Those are, those are your within the top five in terms of players on your, your defense. Like, it's yeah. a lot of star power. Peterson maybe is even included in that too, considering how he started the season. Like yep. it's a lot. And and I think that this is what we had talked about a little bit at the start of the year is like the depth, needing the depth to step up. And mm-hmm. over the past couple of weeks, I know it hasn't been perfect and pretty, but you got like someone like Cameron Bynum coming in. Like there's some guys that are really, really um, stepping into the roles that, that are being asked of them, which is super encouraging. And I think that, like we we gave Zim a hard time last week, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think that credit needs to be given to him. Like this was a very, I would say it was a very good defensive performance. Well, this is okay. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Cam Bynum, right? So yeah, so you get those five players who, as Sam was saying, are all crucial. You probably yesterday you only had one star player on defense, probably, and that's Eric Hendricks. Yeah, I don't think you could. I mean, Xavier Woods is good. Dalvin Tomlinson is good. I think Cameron Dantzler is good. But no one who you're saying is probably at that, you know, star power kind of level, right? You got, you got several good players, and then you got depth, right? And then, and then you got, I mean, Everson Griffin's out there, but he, you know, again, he's older. Everson Griffin was never meant to be playing such a heavy role, right? And so you come out of you come out of the half, right? You get a 13-10 lead. The Chargers had just scored a touchdown before, okay? And Sam Sam had just mentioned just a few minutes ago about how we had the lead for most of the game, but this is where we lost the lead. Right. And so you come out of the half. We just love that touchdown. And then the Chargers go down and they score a touchdown to make it 17 13. Right. And then the Vic- Vikings offense comes on the field and they punt the ball. They only possess they have five plays and they only possess the ball for a minute 28. And so that's a problem. So now we get these. It wasn't back to back touchdowns for the Chargers because they had the one really short drive before the half. Um, but what felt like basically back to back touchdowns. And now we're down 17-13, and then our offense crops the bed, and then the Chargers are back out there, and you're saying, here we go again, right? Which is, which is you know, this kind of typical Vikings moment, right? And then they come out, they get a first down, and then they get six yards, and then there's an incomplete pass. And then on a critical third and four, Zim dials up the blitz with Cam Bynum, and Bynum gets home, sacks Herbert. It's a loss of nine on the play. They punt the ball. The Vikings offense goes back on the field. They score a touchdown. Now, now it's 20 to 17. Chargers offense comes out. Minnesota forces them to punt the ball after only possessing it for a minute. Our, our offense goes back out again. We score a touchdown, 27-17. Now it's a 10-point game, right? And so I know this may be hard to follow, perhaps, if you're just kind of listening to my voice. But if you – they start out the third quarter with that touchdown, and then the offense struggles, and you're thinking, here we go again. But then Cam Bynum gets sent on that blitz. So it's a great play call. 
by Zim. It's great execution by your backup safety rookie who is a corner in college. He's changing positions. This is only his, this is his second game starting, right? And it's in a different position than what he's accustomed to because he played corner through a college. He gets home for that sack. And then on the next two drives, the Vikings score touchdowns. And so you flip it from 17-13 to 27-13. And now, or, or sorry, 27-17 rather. And now the complexion of the game is entirely different, right? But it begins with that big defensive stop and that can buy them play without all that star power. And so, you know, like Sam was saying, I, I think you really got to give credit where it's due and you got to give credit to Zim there, don't you? Yeah. Well, I, I do think that obviously there's some exceptions. There's been some games that the defense has been poor, but by and large, I would say that if you look at the teams that they've played, there's been a lot of teams that have not really had their, their best offensive performance against this Vikings defense. And I think that it's happened enough times that I think you can, it's a fair assessment, I think, to be able to say, you know what, this Vikings defense, despite some of the struggles we see, sometimes despite giving a big play, despite leading the league now in points given up with two minutes left in the second quarter, yeah. uh, which is like I, I mentioned it last week and just hearing it con- confirmed on the, the broadcast, 45 points there before they give up the seven points yesterday, they were tied for the league lead with the, with the Giants in terms of points given up. Um, I just, I do feel like this team, um, you, when a team plays poorly, there's, there's, there's multiple factors to that. And I think one of them has to be given to, to how the defense is performing. So I don't know if you have any other thoughts on, on the defense before we shift, uh, shift focus here. The only thing I'll say is that the run defense has been, awful all season and yesterday they allowed 82 rushing yards and Herbert can move and and Eckler is a good player and so to go on the road and allow 82 rushing yards to those guys uh that that's a big big part of why they found success okay yeah I I agree um (laughs) I I don't have anything else to add you you put it better than I can there you Um, go there you go okay so I think one of the things with this team is that we have these situations where they, they play a couple of games, you feel down in the dumps. It's, I think that could have come up after last week, almost thinking, okay, well, let's look ahead to this draft and see where we can find ourselves. And, and they end up winning. And we had talked about it and others had talked about it too, about feeling like over this four game stretch coming out of this bye, it would be really helpful to go two and two at a, mm-hmm. at a minimum against these teams, uh, four very good teams. We're sitting one and two. We got one more game left. Uh, they do still have a chance to go two and two. We've got a very interesting division rival game coming up this week. Uh, I guess the question is, Kyle, <laughs> uh, should fans be feeling hopeful? Yeah, it seems like uh, Vikings fans, you know, in, in, individual fans know how they should feel. Uh, but taken as a collective, the fan base doesn't know how to feel, right? And it's so it's interesting. You have some fans are saying, well, this doesn't change much. This is still a lousy team. And really, if you if we just played like we should have played, we'd be six and three right now rather than four and five. Right. If we just took care of the Ravens and the Cowboys. But I guess, you know, it's, it's just kind of like this meaningless conversation where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, should have like, OK, well, should the Detroit Lions have beaten us in, you know, in week five and. 
you know, so all this stuff. In any case, you could always play the should have game. And so a lot of fans are saying, yeah, this doesn't change, change much. Other fans are more than happy to enjoy the win and basically say, look, if we beat the Packers next week, we went two and two over that four game stretch, which is what a lot of us were hoping for in the first place. You know, especially if you, come, if you get that second win over top of your division rival, you, maybe you feel pretty okay. And then you're saying, okay, we're five and five. We've got seven games left. If we can win five of those seven games, we finish 10 and seven. That's not a bad record. You know, you know, based off what we expected of this team, some of the adversity they faced, some of the boneheaded, stupid mistakes they've made, you know, while we're on the topic, we still are committing far, far too many penalties, but that's a conversation for another day. You know, it's, I don't, I don't necessarily think fans should be feeling super hopeful yet. What I would instead suggest, and maybe you disagree here, instead what I'm suggesting is just enjoy this win for what it was. We went on the road. We beat the Chargers, who are a talented team. I understand the third. They try and give away wins, kind of like we do, but they're still a good team. And so we went on the road. We beat a good team. It was a good win all around. There were good things on offense, good things on special teams, good things on the defense, as we just talked about, and then with Jefferson as well, obviously, for the offense. So just enjoy this win and then have some really, really guarded optimism going into this next game against the Packers. I don't right now, I don't expect the Vikings to win. And I don't really think that feeling will change over the course of this week. I'd be thrilled to be wrong. Uh, but I, I think just enjoy this win today and then go back to not necessarily the doom and gloom, but being realistic about where this team is at. Five and five would be excellent, but I think four and six is more likely. Right. Like the the Packers are a very good team. Yes, uh, they're first place right now. Um, so a win against them would be huge to be able to beat teams. Like you need to be able to beat teams that are in the playoffs. Like right now, the lot you look at the even the standings, they lost the Cardinals who are in second place, lost to the Cowboys who are in third place. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, and the, you look at the other end, like the Chargers right now are still in a playoff position. Um, so they, they, but they lost the, to the Ravens who, uh, are, are in the playoffs. They're like they they do at some point. You do need to beat playoff teams, um, yes, to be able to get there. It, I think the one thing that I would say that you can remain a little hopeful on is the fact that like they're really not that far out. Like they're they're a half game back of that seventh playoff spot right now. Yeah, um, exactly. Like which which I think if you really look at it, like shows a little bit how weak those the wild card teams have yeah. been. Um, yeah. But there certainly is an opportunity, even if they do lose uh, this this Sunday. I think there is some some optimism, but I, I guess it does feel a little bit right now like fans are trying to figure out what we're what what you're hoping for because it feels like it's a little bit of a long shot for the playoffs. And I think you look like a last year with a one and five start, and then you end up being only one game of the playoffs. Like, do you really want to be in that situation again where you come out just short? Uh, yeah. Yeah. When the season ends. So the first thing I'll say is that Sam caught himself there. He almost said what we're hoping for as if he's part of the fans. And so slowly yeah. Sam is coming over to the purple side of things. Uh, and I think he's, he's fighting it, but he's, he's almost, almost fully there. Like he's definitely got one foot over the line. He just needs to take that next step. And so I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there with Sam. I don't know what he thinks of that, but seven, seven playoff teams, 
makes things interesting, which we've talked about several times now. Because even with six, a lot of times that six seed was a team that was nine and seven or eight and eight, right? Like it's not like it's not like that six seed was always some like eleven and five team that just got screwed because they're in this crazy division. And I mean, sometimes that happens, but really, it's usually a team who's pretty average, right? And I know it's not really necessarily the hope for Vikings fans, but the hope ought to be. You know, obviously you don't want to back in an average and then just get bounced in the first round. But the hope ought to be, if you are still cheering for this team to actually succeed this year, that you get in at, say, 10 and 7, something like that. And then you basically get healthy at the right time. You get healthy and you hit your stride at the right time and make a run at this thing and, and, and basically see how it goes. Lean into those strengths that we're just talking about. Figure out a way to shut down the team's run game right you know et cetera, et cetera, and then have those opportunistic plays on defense where cam bynum gets that sack or eric hendricks makes that sensational interception right that those those big moments that really can allow you to get ahead in the game right like we, we need that just des- desperately and so it's 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 unlikely i think that we beat the packers but it's you know it's possible we do right especially if we get patrick peterson back this week if we get anthony barr back this week We'll likely have Harrison Smith back this week. Michael Pierce, unfortunately, is on the IR, and Hunter's done for the year. But this defense could get some star power back, and we'll see what they can do with it. Um, I don't have a ton, a ton of hope, but we'll see. And, and they still got a shot at the playoffs, so who knows? It's it's never boring with these guys. No, no, it isn't. And they've they've remained in it. Like I know the there's a graphic that flashed yesterday. Like before, um, before the end of the game, they were two and five and in, in one possession games uh, now three and five. And yep. so you need to, you need to win those ones. And, exactly. and I think exactly. that they have, I think that that record shows that they have been outside of the Seahawks game. Everything's been within one possession against some very good teams too. I think we like, you can say, and like, yep. it really hasn't been a game where they felt out of it. Um, and mm-hmm. so if they could do that against the Packers and and maybe we'll see what happens there. I was kind of surprised to see how well the Packers responded yesterday with all the noise that was around that team and particularly um, some guy at quarterback. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, I was surprised at how well they actually responded yesterday. The Seahawks just, this team is not, uh, yeah. they're just not good enough. At this, no, at they're this a mess team. right now, but it would be great. I, I just think it, it would be, I think you you would say it would be fantastic to beat that that team, um, and and I think if you look at the schedule, you need to beat them once this year. Yes, that's right. That's and, right. Like, and you, I feel like this is the time to do it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, last year, if I'm not mistaken, it was on the road. It was in Lambeau because Dalvin Cook had that sensational game where he had those four touchdowns and he piled up all the yards and that kind of thing. And you know, I've got the and still visualize in my mind a screen pass that went like half the field. Um, but yeah, no time like the present. Let's let's get them when we're at home. Let's get this thing to five and five, heading into the seven game stretch. And if you say, man, so we're we're kind of on this mini win streak, two wins against two quality teams, you know, going to the seven game stretch. And you say, man, if we go five and two here, we're we're in the playoffs. More, you know, almost certainly, almost certainly. So we'll we'll see how things shake out. It's amazing, eh? The 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 mindset of a fan. Oh just, man, just, it's. Yeah. Uh... You know what? But I do. I do think your point stands, and we'll, we can wrap with with this. Like, the, enjoy the wins because exactly. Uh, like yeah. it. 
the, I think that sometimes projections, they can be helpful and give you hope, but I, I just, we just need to be able to enjoy this for what it is. We're, we're exactly. watching sports. Um, and, and you just, you never know, right. You get, you get injuries, you get different news that comes across and things can change in a heartbeat. And so enjoy it for, for what it is. Totally. I, can I ask you one question before we do the wild update? Absolutely. Are you a Vikings fan now? No, but I, <laughs> well, so this is the thing I was thinking, as you said it, cause I like, I've been holding out. I think that uh, my family mocks me. Like, they're like, yeah, you're a Vikings fan. Like you're, you're doing this podcast. And it's like, yeah, I, 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 I have a, I've got, I've got many issues, but one of them is probably just <laughs> wanting to avoid being hurt. And yeah, uh, this yeah. Vikings team hasn't shown me anything that proves that I, I won't get hurt. Um, <laughs> But I, I do, yeah. I think I say right. no, but I also think that like, I want to be on this bandwagon before it gets too rosy. So maybe it is actually worth just, just coming over to the dark side and, and making it happen yeah. because totally, man. I can't, I can't sit there this year when, when they're getting ready for the Super Bowl and saying, well, yeah, now I'm a fan. Um, yeah. I always kind of like them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I like them. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I don't know, maybe I'm a foot and a half in. Is that is that fair? I don't know if that, that feels nope. no time like the present, Sam. No feels so like weak. Yeah, but, it uh, does. Yeah, we'll leave it there in, then. Check in next week. Um, yep, exactly. Good. Well, yeah. Brief wild update. Went two and one this week. Um, I, I will say having the Arizona Coyotes in your division certainly helps things out. Um, <laughs> like what? It's <laughs> just so sad to see. And I think like they're they're doing it intentionally, uh, but to have one win so far is uh it's just that i can't imagine being a player on that team uh this yeah. year just seeing how weak they are but i think the biggest news coming out of the minnesota wild this week was was rem pitlick uh with a hat trick for his first three career goals of uh of his nhl career so he had wow he, that's that's he, quite the way to do it yeah he had played a game a couple years ago uh, with nashville and then played uh 10 games with them last year had only had two two points uh, he'd shown some goal scoring abilities like he was in milwaukee with the hl in the 2019-2020 season the 2020-2021 season with actually with the chicago wolves at that point uh, last year he had eight goals in eight games in the mm-hmm. hl so he's shown that he has the ability to score but i know he was a waiver pit pickup for this minnesota wild team uh, at the start of this year and yeah, in his, in his fifth game with the team, three goals and, uh, and nice goals and, and shown the opportunity. Like he showed just, uh, the, the drive to go to the net, a couple of them were breakaways. And sure. so, yeah, just what a fun way to, to get your, your first career goal and first hat trick all, all in the same game. And I think for the wild perspective or from the wild's perspective, I mean, if you take a flyer on some dude on waivers, you're not necessarily you're not hoping for Nathan McKinnon or Patrice Bergeron. You're hoping for someone who maybe could contribute, right? And and just be like a part of it. And so, man, if you can chip in some secondary scoring here and there, and and otherwise, you know, maybe fulfill a role somewhere where you just you're on an energy line, or maybe you're a good penalty killer, otherwise, or whatever the case may be, and then provide secondary scoring, then that's that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. No, for those guys to be able to step up and and do that, and I think this team like. You got your uh, you got um, Kaprasov and you've got um, Fiala and, and Hartman actually has had a great year. Yeah. He's, he's stepped yeah. up. Uh, you got Felino, but 
but they're really doing it by committee. Like no one has more than 11 points on this team through 14 mm-hmm. games and mm-hmm. they're 10 and four in the first in the central. So like they just continue Amazing. to do it by committee and you, you have guys like that step up in different games and, and allow for you to get wins. And I really do enjoy this, uh, this Minnesota wild team. So can I throw you a curveball here? This isn't planned at all. But... Okay. Well, I've got editing power, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Same as the one who uploads things. Um, so then given where they're at now, uh, do they have the finances and or desire? Would it make sense to look to add somebody, you know, either in the not too distant future or before the deadline? I know there's still a lot of time between now and then, but are you saying to yourself, okay, this team is maybe exceeding expectations. We're playing pretty well, but we're not hundred percent there. We're not totally content with the roster. You know, is, is there an option where we maybe look to the rest of the NHL and say, you know, hey, we would love to add X or Y to this team and actually have a goal of it. Yeah, well, I think that we saw that Bill Guerin press conference at the start of the year, and it very much feels like this team feels like they they want to win now. Sure. I think they're they're realistic in where they're at. But uh, sure. I don't know if anyone heard me typing as Kyle was asking the question, but I did go to to Cap Friendly's page, which allows for you to see a little bit of the projected cap space that a team has. Uh, and a, the projected cap space that a team would have at the deadline. So right now, this team actually has two point eight eight nine uh, million dollars in in cap space, hmm. which is enough. And and yeah. if you look at it, the yeah. the cap friendly does a neat thing where they actually project what the deadline cap space would be because the team does build cap space over over time. Yeah. And the deadline yeah. cap space is fourteen, almost fourteen and a half million dollars. So fourteen and a half million dollars at, at the trade deadline this year. Right. So how does it how does it jump that far? So because of the way that that you you're continually, from my understanding, and I, maybe I shouldn't go too far into it that I don't understand, but essentially mm-hmm. what happens is that, um, in terms of how they get paid, there's like a 200 days of of pay, and and they get paid per game, and yeah. so what as you have cap space, like if you don't utilize that in each of these blocks it continues to grow and grow. And mm-hmm. so at this point, it's not like you can, I guess it, the, the way the cash space works is you have the, that amount of money to, to add salary. And it's not like when a player comes over at the trade deadline, you're taking on their full contract, right? Because it's been paid out. So you're actually really only taking yeah. it for, for the last eighth or ninth of the season. Yeah. Right. So uh, it's, it's always been something that, been fascinated by and there's different things that are in place like with ltr ltir use and and yeah. which is long-term injury reserve and and all these things but like they they do have the money to take on an expiring contract because i know we've talked about how yeah. it, it looks after this year but they've right. got some significant exactly. space to to take on something because if you really look at this team like this out of the next four years this is the year to to do it yeah that's exactly it and that that's part of where i was saying where i know they get slammed in year two and three and i think they get a little bit of relief afterwards but in any case if this team keeps playing well but they say to themselves we really need one or two pieces we think to kind of really make some noise and 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 have a go of it it's kind of encouraging to see that they have that wiggle room financially to at least be having those conversations right yeah no exactly That's, that's amazing that's yeah, it's, it's fun. I don't know who you add just because of the way this team is constructed. And 
wanting to make sure that you continue to hold the identity that they do have. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was joking, like just in my mind, like I know Phil Kessel is there in Arizona, just wilting away and he's on an expiring deal. I, he's certainly not a star player anymore, but like he, he provides some offense. I don't know how yeah. well he actually would fit in this team. Um, but I'm sure the names will come up. And as, as this team continues to, to go, I, maybe there's some hope that, that uh, they can add, they can actually be a contender for some of the the big names that you see on the trade board. Uh, coming All right. Well, down. maybe I'm, I might regret this, but maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put together a list of names at some point here in the not too distant future. And I'll rattle them off at Sam and say, basically the idea being does this, you know, if one is going to be a little bit plausible. So if the team is really poorly, maybe it's a veteran expiring deal and rattle them off at Sam, does this person make sense for the wild? And, and yep. maybe we'll see if we can kind of integrate that at some point here in the not distant future, you know, Phil Kessel style player, you know, a vet got some success team going nowhere. And then Sam's going to be on the spot saying yes or no, maybe the wild. Yeah. And I'll try my best to actually be assertive in, in my yes or no. Cause it's easy to, to <laughs> waffle back and forth. Yeah. But, right. Uh, His only options are yes and no. He can't say maybe. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I, I could do that. All right. I, do that. I think that, I think that as, I certainly can see that that working as we get closer to the trade deadline. And as you get these boards uh, up, I think if, if we do something like that a couple of weeks before the, uh, the trade deadline, there's certainly a, a fit for that. And maybe we'll, we'll see, see how it goes, but uh, regardless, great start to the season team mm-hmm. is doing well. Congrats mm-hmm. to Pitlick for, for first career goal and first career hat trick all on the same night. Totally. That's a lot of fun. Yep. Good. Well, we'll wrap up there, Kyle. Uh, any last words? any place for people to find work for free, find your work for those who maybe are new to listening or uh, finally deciding, Hey, maybe this guy actually knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, m- most people are probably still a ways away from believing that one. Uh, but head over to purpleptsd.com, uh, vikingsgazette.com right now is a little bit quieter since I've been doing the va- vast majority of my work at purpleptsd.com. But um yeah, by all means, check out those sites. Keep listening here if you enjoy it or share it or whatever the case may be. I don't know. Live your own life. Don't let me tell you what to do. Um, but yeah, check it out if you feel so inclined. I appreciate you listening. Absolutely. And yeah, we certainly, we don't ask for a whole lot here. Um, I know it would be helpful if people would put reviews on the podcast, would give ratings, would give feedback. And so if you have any time and, and would like to do that, when we certainly would love that. Uh, we are yeah. growing. We are, we have been plugging away at this for, for close to a year now, and we would love to continue to grow. Uh, so if we, we won't, we're not, we're not begging anything or begging for anything, but if you feel so inclined to to do that for the podcast and for mm-hmm. writing, uh, mm-hmm. it just, it helps us out and allows us to do what we're doing. So that's great. Anyways, we'll, we'll wrap up there. Enjoy the Packers game this week. Uh, be lots of fun. And uh, we'll, we'll be here next Monday to break it down.